Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710, the home of world football here in Southern California. Dave Denholm with you, hanging out for the next hour here on ESPN LA 710. It's all brought to you by Puente Hills Toyota. PuenteHillsToyota.com. Check them out for your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE. Our friends at Puente Hills Toyota. And tell them Dave Denholm and Soccer Weekly sent you from ESPN LA 710. We would appreciate that. What's on tap tonight on Soccer Weekly? It's sponsored by Pocock Brewing. Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Pocock Brewing Company, embrace life, drink good beer. And we've got to embrace 2018 here on Soccer Weekly. This is a party tonight. I want to celebrate with you. Hey, guys, congratulations. We should have got horns out. We should have thrown confetti. This is season number three already. That's right. Of uh, Soccer Weekly here on ESPN LA 710. Would you believe this started in 2016? Yeah, shake your head, Mario Rees. That's great radio. But yes, it's true. He's absolutely right. I can't believe it myself. And thanks so much to you and everybody who listens here to Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710 and catches the podcast over on iTunes. Just uh, search Soccer Weekly, subscribe, rate, and review. The thing is blowing up. I truly appreciate it. All the support here, all the support on Twitter. You can follow us at Talk Soccer. That is my uh, Twitter handle. Please feel free to continue the conversation there. The big topic is 2018 for this show. You're, uh, I don't do, I don't do New Year's resolutions. I think that's kind of, uh, you know, it's cool if you do. I got no beef with it. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, those are ridiculous. No, it's just I fail at them so much that I got plenty of disappointment in my life over 48 years. I didn't need to, you know, be failing at uh, resolutions anymore either. I figure, you know, it's just the flick of a calendar, right? Maybe I should make these decisions in September before the year gets close. <laughs> Maybe I ought to hit the gym, you know, in uh, March instead of waiting till December 31st. Yes, I know. Laugh all you want. Fatty wants uh, you know, another piece of pizza. I get it. But here at Soccer Weekly, look, it is a big year. I'm not, I'm not talking soccer resolutions, right? That's lazy sports talk, let's be honest. That's okay. We like to make it cutting edge here. But we do have to describe and uh, kind of break down and work up some things that are going to be happening here. It is a massive soccer year right here in Los Angeles. Now, most of you know why. Some of you who don't really love the beautiful game, you just love good radio. Maybe you were listening to Laker talk with Alan a few minutes ago, and now you're here with me. Maybe you're here every week because you love good radio. You don't even Well, LAFC is here. It's the year. It happens now. It's not off in the distance anymore. It's not like, well, you know, it's next year. No, this year. Now, remember the old Seinfeld bit? Take out, you know, showers and going to work. It's really like 20 minutes. Well, it's only like a couple of days away from LAFC because we are on the calendar now in 2018. The stadium's flying up. We know when their first home game's going to be, late April. We know when their first game's going to be, March 4th, what, March 4th weekend? And preseason is literally weeks away. So it's a massive year for LAFC getting going. First games. Now, they've been in existence, of course, as a franchise, building, but now it counts. Now it really counts. And for the LA Galaxy, it is a massive 2018. And I'm scared. I, I, I am scared to talk about it on some level, and I'll tell you why. Because 2018 is a pivotal year for the LA Galaxy. They've had to, they've had a free ride for a number of years, right? Once Chivas USA fell apart after about week three of that franchise, they've had a free ride. They won titles. 
They didn't. Uh, they didn't coast, mind you. They went out and won. But now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, we look at 2018, and it is that pivotal year for the franchise of LA Galaxy. Where do they go? Do they stay mired as the worst team in the league? Or do they get back where they once were not that long ago in winning championships and being the best team in MLS? We don't know. But I know 2018 is going to go a long way towards telling us about that. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776 is the number if you want to get involved. If you're listening you want to hit me up on Twitter, don't do it while you're driving. Okay, be safe. But you can do it at Talk Soccer. And I'll be sure to go after that. We got questions flying in. Anything you want to ask, anything you want to talk about. But I got to know what your big 2018 soccer thing is. And of course, the biggest of them all was made just a little bit smaller by the fact we're not there. And that's the World Cup, June 14th to July 15th. A huge soccer year. And we will be talking about it all. Both teams, LAFC and LA Galaxy, making moves on the day. Nothing earth-shattering, but some moves were made. Certainly want to take a peek at those. Moves are flying around MLS. This has been... No, it's not a year where you're going to see like somebody like Kaka coming in, or you're not signing Steven Gerrard into MLS, or Frank Lampard. But man, the moves that MLS teams are making. They're going younger, they're going hungrier, and they're going uh, with guys with a lot to prove. And really, really talented young players all over MLS are coming in. So it, it is a it, it's going to be a fun year, and in a lot of ways, it's a very telling year for another reason. You know, U.S. soccer. We've got the election coming up in February. These things cannot be minimized when it comes to our love of the beautiful game in 2018. They really can't. So excited, going to be talking with Francisco X. Rivera coming up, our buddy over at Fox Sports, big friend of the show. He's covering the Mexican national team in the World Cup because, you know, Mexico went and El Tri went ahead and qualified. Unlike uh, us. Unbelievable, but it's true. They qualified. And kudos to them. They'll be in Russia for that month and a day, June 14th to July 15th. Forget about it. I'm on lockdown. I love the World Cup, right? It's the Olympics times 100. I was going to say it was the Olympics on steroids, but nothing beats the Olympics for steroids. Insert joke here. No, but I mean, it's the Olympics times 10 is what the World Cup is. <laughs> and it just drives me. I don't care what time slot. I don't care what place around the world. Remember the uh, the time frame when it was in South Korea back in 2002 when the uh, U.S. made that run? You guys remember that? The time zone difference, I was up at like 2 in the morning watching those games from South Korea and Japan in 2002. And I, to this day, I remember this. I lived over at a different place, and this is back, what, almost, oh my goodness, 16 years ago. 2002, World Cup in South Korea and Japan when the U.S. made the great run. First game, I'm in my apartment. I lived in, a, I don't know, the mid, uh, you know, over by uh, LACMA over there, kind of middle of uh, where everybody has lived at one point in their L.A. lives at some point. So I'm in an apartment there. My wife is asleep, right? She likes sports, likes soccer, but she's not going to stay up till 2 in the morning. And the U.S. does, you know, beats Portugal, that amazing game. And I'm screaming into a pillow as to not wake anybody up, right, in the neighborhood. And I happened to live in a neighborhood that has, like, uh, the Korean Cultural Center just literally a block away at the time. 
So the first game, I'm screaming into a pillow, going nuts, trying to freak out that the U.S. beats Portugal. Second game of that World Cup, after all that publicity of winning that first one, right? The second game, Clint Mathis scores a great goal early. All of a sudden, I go to scream into like my, you know, my fist did not make any noise to wake everybody up. And the whole building screaming. My whole apartment building, the neighborhood, you could hear it. The South Korean Cultural Center was going crazy with drums and everything else. So it only took that short amount of time. One game. And everything went nuts. And that really tells you what the World Cup is about. Now, look, that's years ago, right? We've all been bitten by the World Cup bug. People who hated soccer over their whole lives now love the beautiful game when the World Cup comes around every four years because it is that event. And we're going to miss it. it. This is a big year, though. You can't miss the World Cup. We'll be, when we get closer, trust me, we're going to have so much fun with it here on Soccer Weekly. I got a game that me and my buddies play. We'll be introducing that to you guys, and you can play it with just like a couple of buddies. It's like you can play Fantasy World Cup. It's so easy, but it's so much fun, and all you need is like you and three other friends. And I'm not saying money's involved. No, units of pride, all right? This is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not saying that I, you know, won the last two World Cup units of pride. And, you know, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Trust me, if you know anything about soccer, you rope in a couple of your friends who don't really, and you can crush them in this too. So <laughs> there is that. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. LAFC signs defender Jordan Harvey. He's an experienced MLS defender. Been around a while. I think he's early 30s, you know, early to mid 30s. He's not a young man anymore, but he's an experienced defender, you know, left-footed. I like him as a, you know, he's, he, he offers some depth. Let's say that. I don't know if I'm uh, confident that LAFC wants him starting 34 games necessarily. Well, maybe that is their plan. I don't know. But he adds some good depth. He's a good veteran, solid guy, well-liked, well-respected. I think it's a good move for LAFC. They're adding just enough of the super young Diego Rossi types. Then you're adding the seasoned veteran who's still way younger than you would think in Carlos Vela, right? Sometimes you think you forget about how long these guys have been around. They're still in the prime of their careers, right? And then, and then they're adding the Laurent Simon, Jordan Harvey in the back, some seasoned veterans. Walker Zimmerman's way too young. And then Laurent Simon is that old guy who looks at him and says, all right, here's how you do it, kid. And Zimmerman's going to, you know, get some coaching on the field from Laurent Simon. So I like, what, I, like the, I like the combination of it in the back line with Jordan Harvey. Galaxy re-signed a couple players. Baggio Husinic. Who got rocked with injury? I like Baggio. He's solid, just a solid pro. Been around, and Ashley Cole. He's coming back for 2018. A little bit of a surprise for me, not because Cole didn't earn it. He was probably the Galaxy's best defender in 2017, but that's like that's not high praise. He was, but you know the Galaxy defense stunk. They gave up more goals than we've ever seen. Now Cole played fine. I have no problem with Ashley Cole the way he played in 2017. And he deserved to be considered the best, you know, Galaxy defender. But again, I kind of felt like maybe it was time to move on and rebuild. And they have rebuilt. You look around, they've definitely gone out, right? Gone out and get, grabbed a couple of uh, defenders. And so far, so good, except for, you know, look. Again, I understand the Galaxy felt they got burned by having too much youth last season. Rightfully so. They went all LA Galaxy 2 on us, and it showed. But I'm not sure 
that I would have uh, brought back Ashley Cole. Again, nothing against him. He's been fine. Sometimes it's just time to move on. And when you have a season like you did, you need everything to turn around immediately. You need guys who are going to be completely healthy. You need guys who are going to show up from day one, which Siggy Schmidt is stressing. He wants everybody in camp immediately as much as quickly as possible and really just get hit in the ground running. And you just need that kind of look-ahead type of team, too. We need that next star. And I'm not, again, nobody was assuming Ashley Cole is going to be a star. He's a, he's a good piece. Solid veteran. Played very well last season. I got no problem bringing him back, but it's not really something I was expecting. And frankly, if I were the Galaxy general manager, I wouldn't have brought him back. I would have shook his hand, said, thank you so much. You had a fine season. It's probably time for us to move on. Because there's always the danger of just that one extra season with a little bit older player. You know what I'm talking about. You, you kind of push it one more time. And a lot of time, and this is this goes beyond soccer. We see this in every sport. There are not that many Vince Carters out there or Kobe Bryant's, right, that can do it at that age. You start to push just a little, one more time, and then it all fumbles to pieces. And the Galaxy can't afford that kind of thing for 2018. Everything's got to go right. So were I the general manager of the Galaxy, I would have shaken his hand and said, thank you. We're going to move on. Coming up, Francisco X. Rivera, friend of ours. We're going to be talking uh, Mexican national team football, the World Cup, and so much more here. I'm Dave Dunhome with you on the home of world football in Southern California. It's Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710 on the home of world football here in Southern California. I am Dave Dunhome and you hanging out here going up until the top of the hour as we break down the beautiful game with one of our friends. He covers the beautiful game for Fox Sports. He is Francisco X. Rivera. Francisco, welcome back, buddy. Good to talk to you, man. Dave, how are you? Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year to you and yours. Always appreciate it. Francisco, this is the year now. We flipped the calendar, and we're talking World Cup finally. It's here. This is a monumental you know, 2018 calendar year for the beautiful game and for El Tree as we get ready for it. You're going to be covering El Tree for Fox Sports over there in Russia. I'm really pumped to see what this team can do in Group F. Let's break that down first, Francisco. We haven't talked since then. This is not an easy group for Mexico. Yeah, I think uh, Sweden is, is one of one of the teams that we have to follow, obviously, after what they did to Italy yep. uh, in that playoff uh, stage, obviously, eliminating uh, the Azzurri. Um, Germany, we know there's plenty of expectation about them going all the way, and I think there's really a slight chance they won't go all the way, to be honest with you. I think they're the super favorite to win this thing. Uh, so I think Mexico's going to have a tough one. They have, um, I mean, if you follow Mexico before, you know that they're a team that will always be fighting against and competing against bigger squads such as Germany and Brazil and Argentina. And they always end up losing uh, by one goal or, you know, right at the end, yeah. you know, in overtime. So they're a team that's always, you know, ready to fight, but... You know, there's that last step, that that last goal that they need to be able to win those games. So I think, you know, it's going to be competitive. I still give them the edge over Sweden and South Korea. I think they're headed to, to the second spot in that group. Mm-hmm. But then if you look at the bracket, they would face Brazil. Yeah, that is a, that's the tough team. part. So yep. after that, I don't know what will happen. 
Well, it is tough, Francisco. We're talking with Francisco Escrivera, a friend of ours from uh, Fox Sports. He covers, uh, he'll covers. he be covering El Tri over there and uh, covering the World Cup for Fox Sports. Francisco, I like the draw in the sense that, yeah, Germany's the first game. That's tough, of course. But this group actually looks a lot like what the U.S. faced in 2016. You've got Germany who goes on, or, I'm sorry, 2014. Germany eventually going on to win. They come out of the group with the U.S., then, you know, replace Mexico for, you know, the U.S. for Mexico. And Korea, a team that uh, South Korea is kind of on the downpour. I love the fact that that's the second game for Mexico. If they can come out and play a very good game against Germany and continue that against a South Korean team I think is susceptible, then it's all for that game against Sweden. I think it plays out pretty well for them. How do you see, uh, where where are we at in terms of the plans for preparation for this team, Francisco? How is uh, Mexico preparing for this World Cup? Well, when talking to Mexican executives, when talking to Juan Carlos Osorio, their head coach, when talking to players, I think they really, they really embrace the idea of actually playing against bigger and better teams and competing because they told me they just don't want to go out there and compete, but they want to be able to beat them. So yeah. I, I basically asked them, how are you going to do it? And they said, well, the more experience we can get because our players are in top European leagues, they might not get be getting the minutes they, they deserve, they need, but at the same point, they have the experience. So obviously getting the chance to compete, against the Belgians or the Poland's of the world when they had the chance to go in that European tour back in October. You know, getting that experience, I think, is going to be important for them. And I think they've been highly criticized for getting these friendlies against um, Iceland B or Sweden C Mm -hmm. or Honduras or, you know, with all due respect. You know, I think there's an expectation for Mexico to be able to improve that level uh, with, you know, playing bigger uh, and... High, highly recognized squads. Like, uh, they're going to play uh, a friendly against England next year in Europe. Mm-hmm. And they're going to try to look for those games that will be able to give them some kind of learning curve that will be able to give players experience in a bigger stage. Like, you know, they, back in, uh, as before Brazil 2014, they played the Netherlands and they beat the Netherlands uh, on the road. So, you know, those are the games that they need to be able to get on track. Now, in terms of the preparation, it, look, it all looks great. They already have a play set where they're going to train in Moscow. I think their mentality is good. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember, this is a squad that has made the round of 16 every time since 1994. That's never been the issue. I mean, people know they're going to make it to the World Cup. People know they're going to make it to the round of 16. Now the issue is, are you going to be able to make it farther? Because this team has made it twice to the quarterfinals, but only at home back in 1970 and then in 1986. And that's always the issue. I think the only way that I see Juan Carlos Osorio staying past this World Cup is making it to the quarterfinals. The issue then again is if they have to face Brazil, which is pretty much how it looks like, at least on paper, you know, what's going to happen now? Yeah, you're going to make it to the round of 16 for the eighth consecutive World Cup. But, you know, <laughs> if you stay there, if there's I, I really don't see any point or any kind of progress if you're not be able to pass. That, that stone again. Yeah. We're talking with Francisco X Rivera. You can check him out on Twitter at FX underscore Rivera. And uh, Francisco is going to be covering the uh, Mexican national team, L3, over in Russia for World Cup 2018. You bring up good points. It's not about the round of 16. That is a very, very good point. It's got to be farther than that. And this is a team, Francisco, I genuinely believe. And people think I'm nuts when I say this kind of thing. Of course, Mexico can win the World Cup because Mexico can beat anybody on any given day. Now, it's going to be different. 
difficult. They're not the favorite, certainly. But Francisco, if Mexico is going to get past where you're talking about, getting into the quarterfinals, much like a Costa Rica did, then you never know what happens, right? Getting into the semis, maybe, all of a sudden. Who are the one or two key players that are going to have to have a brilliant World Cup if Mexico has any chance of getting to where you think they need to go in that quarterfinal and then even beyond that? I have no doubt that at this point in time, Irving Lozano, who many of you know as Chucky, <laughs> is the best player yeah. in Mexico. Uh, he's skillful, he's fast, he's smart, he has a very high soccer IQ, has a great shot from, from long range. I think you know he's one of those few players that you get in Mexico that can dribble, that can outsmart the other, the other players. I think if you look at the profile of Mexican players, they are very fast, they can play on the ground, they have a sweet touch, but you don't have that super speedy player that can also dribble at the same time. And I think Mexico has two at the moment. One of them has Jesus Corona, who's playing for Porto in Portugal. The other is Lozano, who's having a great time in, in the Netherlands right now, playing for PSV. And I think he's, he's, his growth has been incredible. And I remember talking to Juan Carlos Osorio last year during the Cup Federations Cup in Russia. He actually allowed him to leave camp for two days, go from Kazan to Eindhoven in the Netherlands. He took like two flights and then it was like a two-hour drive from Amsterdam to Eindhoven. I mean, it, it was it was a big thing for him just to go take his physical and sign with PSV Eindhoven because he wanted him to get that kind of international experience. Yeah. And Lozano didn't play much in the Confederations Cup before he signed that contract because Osorio wanted him to be focused. Then after he signed the contract, he was much better. He scored a goal uh, against Russia in the third game of the group stage. And then after that, I mean, his rise has, has been meteoric. I mean, he has been playing in the Netherlands, scoring not only not only scoring, but scoring beautiful goals. So I, I think that's going to be he's going to be the key guy for Mexico at this point. He's the guy that's different. Um, and then if you ask me about another guy that's the key, well, looking at the roster, I think it has to be Guillermo Ochoa. Ochoa had a, an amazing welcome back in Brazil. For, for some reason, he has not been able to stay with one. Very good club in Europe. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that he, he didn't have a passport before. Mm-hmm. And if you know your, you know European soccer well, a lot of times if you don't have that passport, teams are not going to go for you. They're probably going to go for a you know strong defender, for a talented midfielder, or, or for a goal scorer. They're not going to go for goalkeepers. Yeah. And I think that damaged Ochoa with a damage Ochoa a lot during his career. Now he's 32, but he had a, a chance to be in the world stage again. He has a chance to shine. I think he's going to be key. Um, you know, being able to, to lead Mexico's defense to, to wins. Great stuff, as always. Francisco X. Rivera, a friend of the show, a friend of mine. I appreciate it. A, a colleague over at Fox Sports who will be covering the World Cup and uh, Mexico El Tri at the World Cup. Francisco, thanks for taking the time, buddy. As always, love it. Happy New Year to you, man. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure, as always. Thanks for inviting me. You bet. And, everyone. by the way, just in case anybody's wondering, Francisco one of the uh, most natalie clad young men in all of uh, broadcasting as well. The guy knows his way around the closet to uh, you know pick out the clothes for himself. Let me put it this way. My wife dresses me. Uh, Francisco doesn't need any help. The guy knows what he's doing when it comes to the wardrobe, so uh, good on him. Always looking sharp covering the beautiful game is Francisco X. Rivera. Check him out on Twitter at FX underscore Rivera. I'm sure you already are, certainly if you're a fan of El Tree. You know you have to be following him as he's going to be covering Mexico uh, for the World Cup. We're going to be talking more about Mexico and their chances here, still to come, in the World Cup in 2018. Yes, we have to focus on El Tri because we didn't get there. Beautiful stuff from Francisco, and I appreciate that. We're going to get your comments on it at 877-710-ESPN, or you can hit me up on Twitter with your thoughts on El Tri in World Cup 2018. We're there. It's the calendar year. It's now. 
Here on Soccer Weekly, I'm Dave Denholm with you. On the home of world football here in Southern California, it's ESPN LA 710. So I was just talking to my fearless producer during the uh, our commercials here and our sponsors, who we all love here at Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. Yes, some of you, uh, most of you obviously know this is episode one of season three. Can you believe we started this back in 2016? If for some reason you're just finding it, right? Or you were just listening to the great Alan Sliwa doing uh, Laker talk and you decided to stick around because it still sounded good and you don't really love the beautiful game? Well, I'm glad you found us. But I was just talking to my fearless producer, the great Mario Reese, and we were discussing, uh, let's just say an event. I'm not even, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But it was embarrassing. Not for us, but for the you know people that, was, uh, that were dealing with it. That's not the important part. But it reminded me, do, you, do any of you feel when... I'm like, I feel like I'm a, a bit of an idiot with this. When I watch a television show, and even it can be fake, right? It can be a scripted show, but something so embarrassing on it that you can't even watch it yourself, right? And I, I've been doing that. I've been watching old episodes of an HBO show called The Comeback with the great Lisa Kudrow. And it doesn't matter. That's not, But it's so cringeworthy worthy and embarrassing that it, it's so good and embarrassing that it's like it, you feel it even though it's fake, even though it's a TV show. Well, that's how I felt most of 2017 with the Galaxy. It was so embarrassing that you could hardly look. You had to look away a lot as a fan of the Galaxy, right? This is MLS. This is basically the Galaxy have been owning the league for what was you know on and off for a decade. Five titles. And that's why 2018 is so big. Because this is a crossroads. I know it's, it seems a cliche, right? Stranded at the crossroads. Let's start playing some Clapton. But this is absolutely a crossroads season. We've seen it time and again in other sports. Basketball, the NFL, baseball. It doesn't matter. A team who's been dominant. It does not take long to veer off that wrong path. Right? Robert Frost, two roads diverged. You better take the one less traveled by, L.A., Come on, Galaxy, don't take the wide road because that leads to 2017 and you being the worst team in MLS. Take the, take the high road, take the tougher road and get back to where we were. This is a massively pivotal year. You can't undersell this. What happens, and I'm just going to lay out some possibilities here, right? What happens if Galaxy 2018 is the same as 2017. They can't figure it out. Start losing again. All of a sudden, they're mired in last place again. Or at the bottom, it doesn't even matter. If they're not winning titles, then it's a bad year, in my estimation, because this is the LA Galaxy. We've already won five. But what happens if it's really bad again? Who do you trust now? You made all these changes. You went in a different direction. Siggy Schmidt, the upstairs. You you basically sent Pete Vianus into the corner. Right? Go put the dunce hat on over there. We'll still pay you. Don't worry. What happens if Pete and the gang don't fix it this year? Gets harder and harder. 2019 becomes tougher than 20. You know what I'm talking about. We've seen it in other sports. Look, the, the Lakers are facing it right now. It's the same thing. It doesn't get easier the more you lose. It gets harder. And nobody knows that like me and my Cleveland Browns, right, in the NFL. It gets harder. All of a sudden, you start to doubt the organization. And there should be no doubt. The Galaxy are winners. They're champions. Let's get back to that. 
It is a crucial year. Of course it's a crucial year for LAFC. You have to start out well. The bar's been set high. Atlanta United comes to mind. I'm not talking about setting the bar high with Chicago Fire winning as an expansion team in 1996. Everybody was still an expansion team. Or 98, I beg your pardon. After the league had only been around for a couple of seasons. I know Bob Bradley did great things with Chicago Fire to win that first year. But, I mean, every team was still... They didn't even know who was on the roster week in and week out, half of them. So that's a different, that's a different era. What Atlanta United did in 2017, yikes. LAFC has absolutely unlimited potential to do great things. No doubt with that stadium, with what they're building. But now they got to do it. You don't win games on Instagram. We've been saying it here. Now you got to go do it. It is a massive opportunity, but it's a massive challenge in 2018. And, of course, the World Cup in 2018 lays out a massive... Francisco just said it perfectly when we're talking El Tree, which we do here on the home of world football, Soccer Weekly. El Tree has got a real opportunity. I've been saying it for a while, and I said it for years. They can win the World Cup. Mexico can hoist the World Cup in 2018. There is no doubt in my mind. Does that make them a favorite? Of course not. Will they? I don't know. It's a lot of work. they got a lot to do. But as Francisco said, this is not about getting to the round of 16. Much like when the U.S. is there. I'm tired of that. I'm not worried about getting out of my group anymore. I want to hoist it. I want to win in my lifetime. And that's what El Tree fans are saying. No doubt. That's what you're saying on the 710. You know you're a fan of the Mexican national team, you on the 405. I know it. You're saying I want to win. I got an idea for all CONCACAF teams. Let's stop thinking we can't do it. Costa Rica proved that wrong to everyone last World Cup. Don't tell me they didn't. They were a whisker away from the semifinals. Now, if they can win in the quarterfinals, if they can win in the round of 16, and they can go to the quarterfinals, against the Netherlands, and be a whisker away from winning in penalties. You're in the semifinals. Anything can happen. Of course you can win. Of course you can win the World Cup. Costa Rica could have won the World Cup in 2014. Now, if they can do it, of course the U.S. can eventually do it. I know people are laughing now. Denham, we didn't even qualify. Well, that's that's how tight it is in the world's game. Just It's just like any other sport. Come on. The, the line between success or failure is so narrow. You can fall off a cliff like the Galaxy did in 2017 or like the U.S. national team did in 10 World Cup qualifiers that were pitiful. But you can also climb the mountain if you get there. Any team that gets there can win. Are some teams the longest of shots? You bet. No doubt. Is Tunisia going to win the World No! But they're there. You get hot. It's six games. It's seven games. Yes, of course. And Mexico's far better than those teams like South Korea and Tunisia. No disrespect to the teams that are there. They got there. But Mexico, of course they can win. And Francisco's right. Irving Lozano, great example. He's got to carry him. He's got help. He's got a lot of talent around him on Del Tree, no doubt. We know the names. Most of them play right around here. <laughs> I can practically kick a soccer ball to where El Tree, uh, a, a few of the names that you know, Carlos Vela, Dos Santos brothers. I mean, he's got help, and he's got far more than that. But Irving Lozano is the guy. I think Francisco nailed it. 
He's absolutely the key. When you get a guy like Irving Lozano hot, though, and then maybe Chicharito gets a little warm, feels uh, good about what Irving's doing, look out. I want somebody to tell me, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, that's fine, at TalkSoccer, or you can give me a call at 877-710-3776. Why Mexico won't win? Why can't they win the World Cup? Because I'm telling you, they can I can't fathom why they can't possibly win. That's ridiculous. Look at it this way. Look at all the teams in the World Cup. All these nations. Mexico has beaten them all at one point. Right? Even when these teams were good. Even when these nations were still good, of course. The Argentinas. The, they beat them all at some point. They've got talent that plays all over. Does Mexico and Liga Amakis is so strong and pays so well that many of them do stay there, admittedly. A lot of them don't have to go chasing off for the last dollar in Europe or MLS or South America, wherever. They have the talent. They've got one Carlos Osorio, a fine coach. There is no re- I can't think of a reason why Mexico can't win. And we're going to be covering that all summer long. In fact, I'm starting to think we should be demanding L3 to get to the semifinal, not just hoping for it. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. You can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. We always continue the conversation throughout the week there. And by the way, keep going to the podcast, too. It's blowing up. Appreciate it. Just search Soccer Weekly on all your podcatchers and all that, iTunes and Stitcher, all those. Search Soccer Weekly. Download it. Subscribe, rate, and review. That helps. Appreciate that. You guys have already been leaving some. And look, I, I've been in this this wacky radio business for more than a few decades. I can take a little critique every now and again. I used to get it every day. Trust me. So feel free if you want to leave a true and honest assessment of the show. That's fine because I know you really love the show. That's fine too. This is Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Denholm. Stoppage time, everybody's favorite. It's our first of season three. I can't wait. It's coming up next here on the home of world football in Southern California. It's Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I'm Dave Dunholm hanging out with you here on the home of world football in Southern California. This is the best soccer radio show in all of America. All the world, really, let's be honest. And it is a pleasure to be in episode one of season three. We, we've made it to the third year of this show. Holy cow. How many... uh? Big-time managers make it to three seasons with their top football clubs. Everybody gets fired or moves on, right? We're still here doing it for you. And for me. I mean, let's be honest. Me too. And 2018 is going to be bigger and better than ever, not only on Soccer Weekly here, not only for world football here in Southern California on ESPN LA 710, but for you. It's a massive year. Hey, uh, some news inadvertently, or not, I guess, on the outskirts of the LAFC is there were rumors that they were going after Sasha Kleshton, of course, a very solid MLS midfielder. Certainly has a, had a great career. 17 assists last season. A couple of goals for New York Red Bulls. But uh, Kleshton officially was traded to Orlando. Part of a deal that sent Carlos Rivas, Carlos Rivas, uh, Tommy Redding, and uh, 150000 in TAM targeted allocation money to New York Red Bulls for Sasha Kleshton. So LAFC loses out on question. That's a big move for Orlando. He's a very, very solid player. Now, he's, again, early 30s. He's not 25 anymore, but he's a very solid, well-experienced player. 
and certainly will help Orlando. Orlando, look, Jason Kreiss is on the edge. If I'm Orlando, I'm like uh, pointing, you know, doing the old point to the watch sign here, Jason. Let's go. You're not exactly lighting the world on fire as Orlando's manager. After everybody thought he was like, you know, going from RSL, thought he was the next great managerial candidate. Well, Kaká moving on, retiring from the game, leaving Orlando. They needed that whole field. Certainly Kaká, you can't replace him really. But Sasha Kleston goes a long way. If there is a guy in MLS, he's a very solid player. So it's a good move there. Unfortunately for LAFC, he ends up with Orlando. You don't know the workings, the comings and goings. Maybe those were just rumors. Maybe it wasn't that close with LAFC, but that would have been a nice sign. Here's the thing. Orlando ends up being able to offer players. When you think about it, when you're building, if you're LAFC, it's not like you can really turn around and say, well, we don't have anybody we can trade you yet. Realistically, you're working with allocation money to trade, which essentially becomes a transfer. You're going to want a fortune for Sasha Kleston if that's the case. So that's very difficult to do if you're LAFC. You can't just look around and go, yeah, we'd love to trade for Sasha Kleston. Well, who do you, what are you going to turn around and offer up Walker Zimmerman? You just brought him in. They don't have anybody to trade yet. And, and draft picks, you can, look, the draft is important in MLS, but it's, in essence, those draft picks aren't that valuable individually. Now, for LAFC, they're going to have to find starters in the draft coming out of college. But it's not like the NBA draft or the NFL draft by any means in terms of the impact necessarily. There's always going to be a couple gems. So LAFC and the Galaxy, they have to go find those. But it's not like the draft is loaded with 90 new starters that are going to come in and dominate MLS. That's just not the way it works. Not for soccer in America. We know this. So they got to go out and... You're going to try to make a trade for Sasha Kleshton. It's no surprise Orlando was able to get more into the deal and offer more. So Sasha Kleshton will move on. But he stays in the East, which is good for the Galaxy and for LAFC, realistically. He doesn't come torment us in the Western Conference with someone. So there's a little silver lining there, I guess. LAFC signing defender Jordan Harvey. We mentioned that earlier if you're just joining us. Good, solid, seasoned, aged defender. There's no two ways about that. He's not 24 anymore. He's 34. But he's solid, and he's a good dude. He's a good teammate. He's a guy who everybody likes to be around. That doesn't hurt when you're building a roster. It's not the end-all, be-all. You need winners, and you need guys who can play. But he can do that, and he's a good dude to be around. Galaxy, bring back Ashley Cole and Baggio Husidic. Yeah, fine. Got no beef with either one of them. They can play in MLS. They're certainly worthy of being on somebody's roster. I probably would have moved on from both of them if I was a Galaxy right now, but I can understand a team that has still like, what, 15 holes to fill? Literally on their roster? Not, I'm not. That's not figuratively because they were terrible last year. Yes, they have a lot of holes to fill. They literally have 15 roster spots still to fill. So no surprise that those two are coming back. Not the worst thing ever. You know what the best thing ever is about episode one of season three? Well, of course, it's your favorite. It's stoppage time. What time is it? It's stoppage time. Yeah. Stoppage time. Stoppage time. Right now. Joining me now, the great producer of of uh, Stoppage Time 2 and Soccer Weekly. You see what I did there. <laughs> Mario Reese. Mario, Happy New Year to you, brother. Happy New Year, Dave. So this this uh, video just pulled up on my timeline right now. Okay, wait. Twitter. Before I go on. What's up? Any uh, soccer-related Christmas gifts uh, this uh, for you or your little one or anything? Any- I did give my nephew a gift that he really wanted, Okay, a T-shirt, LAFC T-shirt with Vela on the back oh, and the nice. number 10. 
Yeah, that's what he wanted. They don't have the jerseys out, which I thought they would have them out for Christmas, but they're not out yet. No, but so. you brought up a great point, though, of speculation, if you don't mind me sharing. That yeah. They're probably trying to work out the deal for the naming rights of the I mean, jersey. that's the only thing I could guess, yeah. Yeah, because if you're not going to get it out by Christmas, you better have a good reason for that, obviously. So I had to get a tee for my, uh, for my nephew. Well, hey. And maybe they're just making everybody buy all that stuff first, right? And yeah, then uh, could they'll be. spring the jersey on everybody in uh, February and it'll go off fly off the shelves anyway. So yeah. yeah. Very good. No, I just I got this video here on my Twitter of Christian Pulisic who's only five eight dunking a basketball on a ten foot court. Okay. I know, I saw him uh, I saw it. the video. Yeah. He he kinda came back on Twitter and said, Whoa, 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 five ten. Oh, five ten. I don't think it really matters. It much. doesn't really That's matter. That's pretty impressive, let's be honest. It's, right, right. He's not six eight or six ten. <laughs> he's not Peter Crouch. I mean he's a small guy when it comes yeah. to the basketball. That was impressive. He's I got boosties for sure. Dude. Well, it's what we say, Mario. These guys are all athletic inside. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. Oh yeah. It's just ridiculous. And Christian Pulisic is right at the top of that list, no doubt. Yeah, so uh, Miguel Herrera, he says that he believes Major League Soccer's schedule uh, for March and October will prevent it from competing for global talent as players realize it hurts their chances of playing in the World Cup. Do you agree with El Piojo here? Uh, I, I mean, on some level, I know what he's talking about. I don't, I don't really agree, no. I mean, my answer would be no, I don't agree. And I'll tell you why. MLS preseason starts in literally three weeks, maybe a little less for some teams, a little, you know, right around 21 days, essentially. Right. right? So they're getting into camp late January. First game is in March, early March, frankly. Mm-hmm. So before you even head off to go, you've been, you've been back working out and playing for months on end before you even consider going back to your national team to get ready for the World Cup. You know, about a month beforehand, they start getting ready for that. So no, I, I don't quite buy that. I see what he's saying, that it might be a deterrent for some guys who feel like it could hurt them. Like maybe if you're thinking about coming. But then you're like, well, wait a minute. They don't start. This isn't on our schedule. It's not the September through May. But the problem is, Piojo, it's not 85 degrees here in January. I don't know if he knows this about North and Central America. I think he does. But, you know, based in Mexico, yeah, it doesn't get a little, it doesn't get all that nippy all that often in some of those cities in the middle of, you know, March or whatever. But in January and December, when you're trying to play in MLS through 40 feet of snow in Colorado, it's a tough schedule. I mean, there is a reason MLS has set up their schedule the way they have it. It's not just to be different than the rest of the world. Of course, MLS would rather be on that schedule. You know what I mean, Mara? They'd rather yeah. be lined up. Yeah. But you can't play through that in Van- well, Vancouver's a bad example. They're indoor. You can't play through that in Toronto or New York or Salt Lake City or Colorado in the right. middle of dead of winter. It's just ridiculous. All right, Dave. So we're going to play a game here called Excited, Nervous, or scared. Oh, I like it already. I'm a little not excited for this game. <laughs> Are you excited, nervous, or scared about the LA Galaxy in 2018? Uh, that's a good one. That's I'm going to go right down the middle. I, I'm going to go nervous because I really believe they could rebound. I mean, this is a league where you can. It's much like the NFL that way. Teams can rebound. Mm-hmm. And I think the Galaxy certainly are an organization that is willing and ready to do what they have to do. But I'm a little nervous because I'm not quite seeing the plan come to fruition yet. we got a few weeks yet before training camp. I'm also nervous because when you're that bad, like I've been talking about on the show, Mario, it is a crossroads year. They could go down a dark hole here if they're not careful. So I'm, I'm nervous about the Galaxy in 2018. Okay. Are you nervous, excited, or scared about the LAFC in 2018? Well, I mean, all you can be is excited, really. It's the start of something new. 
I want to see what happens, right? We, it's no more of the hyperbole. It's no more social media. It's no more. It's get onto the field and kick that ball for the first time. And Bob Bradley's building something. And John Thorrington and the stadium. I mean, again, we can walk to it from here, Mario. Literally, when we get done with the show, we can walk to the stadium. It's, it is exciting. It's exciting to have that second team that I think is genuinely going to go for it, unlike what Chivas USA did. This is a, truly a real rival that could develop here with LA Galaxy. Okay. Are you excited, nervous, or scared about the U.S. soccer election in February? Oh, scared silly. Because, for one thing, this is vital. This might be the most important thing that happens in 2018. This is big. All of soccer. And yet, most people don't care, Mario. We do here at Soccer Weekly. You do listening, I'm sure. You know, if you're listening to the show and you love the beauty, of course we do, but we need everybody in America to care. I am scared silly of what might happen in this election coming up for president. I mean, it's a great game, though. I love it. Excited, nervous, or scared. It worked, Mario. I love it, baby. This show works, and it works because of you listening. Don't forget, check out the podcast on iTunes. You can join us every week. Next week's show is actually Friday night coming up on the 12th. I think it's the 12th. So we got a little time in between, right, before our next fixture. Ooh, you see what I did there? Our next fixture. Love it. I am Dave Dunholm. Thanks so much to Mario Rees and Jesse Lopez. You are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. It's Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710.